strengthened with might. You know, David faced a difficulty when he came back to Ziklag, which, by the way, the city Ziklag means a city that is overwhelmed with grief. So he had been out fighting with his men, and he had been out doing war and battle with his men, and the ancient enemies of Israel came in and they invaded the camp where their wives were and their children were. And as a result, their wives were stolen, their children were gone, and the people got so upset that they spake of stoning David. You know, they did a lot of stoning back in those days. Perhaps not the kind of stoning that you're thinking of. But they did. They did quite a bit of, of stoning in those days. You know, you think about the woman taken in the very act of adultery. What they wanted to do is they wanted to stone her, did they not? And so they were so upset at what happened in their city that was overwhelmed with grief that they started picking up stones and they said, we, let's just go stone him. He's our leader. We shouldn't be in this predicament. But you know what David did? David didn't get bitter against them. David got better. And in life, you have a choice to get bitter or to get better. In life, you have a choice to get weaker or to get stronger. In life, you have a choice to operate in fear or in faith. And David chose the good part. David chose what he knew what would work for him. Because you know, David was the great psalmist of Israel. And David was that, he was the shepherd of the sheep, if you will. And don't you know that when he was out there tending to the sheep, David got songs from the Lord. He got songs of deliverance. He got songs of freedom and songs of praise right out there. And so David was a man who for years had practiced the presence of God. And as a result of him practicing the presence of God, when the test came, he didn't have to go fast 40 days and 40 nights. He was ready. Come on, somebody. He was ready to do what needed to be done to meet the challenge of the hour and the circumstance he was in. I wonder tonight, are you ready? Are you ready to face your Goliaths? Are you ready to face the Philistines? Are you ready to face some false brethren? Well, I tell you what David did. David didn't get better. He got better. And you can get better and leave bitterness behind you. Here's what David did. David, the Bible says, encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, I love it when other people encourage me. And I think it's awesome and it's wonderful to have the ministry of consolation and the ministry of encouragement, don't you? But there are times maybe you can't find someone to encourage you. That's when you rely on your relationship and your fellowship with the Lord yourself. And you just flat encourage yourself in the Lord. Was there no children's church tonight? Oh, false alarm. Come on, guys, just stay in here. We'll get in the word. This is the message for tonight. If you're waiting for the message, the message has already begun. So David, what he did is he encouraged himself in the Lord. How many of you have ever done that before? I know we've discouraged ourselves in the Lord. You know, 
That, that, that's an easy thing to do. You just talk about how bad things are and talk about you how you feel long enough. You'll get discouraged real quick. Sometimes when you look at your checkbook, you can get discouraged real quick. You look at the doctor's report and you can get discouraged real quick. So any carnal Christian can discourage themselves in the Lord. Did you know that carnal Christians are always talking about how they feel? Carnal Christians are always talking about what someone said to them. What someone did to them. Carnal Christians... Main theme song is, woe is me, woe is me. The devil's been on my back all week long. No, that's not the song to sing in your midnight hour. That's not the song to sing when the Philistines are knocking on your door. The song for you to sing is, victory in Jesus, victory in Jesus. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, somebody, help me along just a little bit tonight. And so David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you just got to have a talk with your flesh. And make sure that you understand, flesh, that you're not in charge of me. God's in charge of me. You are not me. You are just what I live in. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in this physical body. And flesh, when I tell you to do something, you do it. Well, I don't feel like lifting my hands in church. What does your feelings have anything to do with it? I didn't feel like going to church Sunday. Big stinking deal. Sunday is the Lord's day. That's what you do. You go to church. You don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And I know I'm preaching good right now. Glory to God. So there are times you just got to talk to your flesh. Now your flesh will talk back, but just tell it to shut up. You know, if Jesus gave us the example of talking to trees, you can talk to your flesh. You know, there was a day where David was a little depressed. He was a little down. He was a little discouraged. And he asked himself this question. And I think it's a good question sometimes to ask yourself. Why are you disquieted? Within me, O my soul. In other words, what's going on here? What's happening? Why is this? What's going on? What is up with this? And David said, hope thou in God. And then he followed it by saying, for I will yet praise him. Even though I may feel a little down, my heart is not down. He is the glory and he is the lifter up of my head. So he says, why are you disquieted with me, O my soul? Hope thou in God. And then I love this. He said, I will yet praise him for he is the health of my countenance. Try it sometime. You wake up in the morning sometime, you look in the mirror, you don't like what you see, just start praising God. Have yourself a Holy Ghost makeover. Holy Ghost makeovers are good. Holy Ghost makeovers can do what Revlon can't do. Amen. Just get yourself some praise going in the morning. Get your praise on. Get your faith's confession on. And what will happen? You will be encouraged in the Lord. Turn me to John 14 
Verse 16 and verse 17 in the amplified version, if you will. John 14, verse 16 and 17. So I'm, I'm going by autopilot tonight because I left my glasses at home. I can't see my notes. And I think sometimes that's a good thing. And John, I don't want to wear your purple readers. Thank you. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. He said, I'm going to ask the Father. He's going to give you another comforter. Did you know that the 19th of May is Pentecost Sunday? And uh, we have like um, uh, nine CDs available for you in the bookstore of, of teaching that Pastor Brenda did. And I did last year on the Holy Ghost and Holy Ghost and fire and the purpose of other tongues. So in preparation then for Pentecost Sunday, which is on the 19th, where we'll be laying hands on people to be filled and to be refreshed with the Holy Spirit, get those teachings. Well, somebody says, I'm already filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, how many of you know you got to stay full? You know, I, I, I cannot live on yesterday's meals. I cannot live on yesterday's infillings. Thank God for yesterday's infillings, but God wants to fill us freshly every day. It's like Dad Hagen said. He said, we must have constant renewals and infillings of the Holy Spirit. Constant infillings and renewals of the Spirit. And uh, I have discovered this in terms of the Holy Spirit who we're talking about tonight. Um, It is something that you have to keep feeding along those lines. You know, faith doesn't come by having heard. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so get those CDs, be refreshed in it, and uh, just get your faith built up. Amen. We're going to have a glorious time. And he said, I'll ask the Father and He will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, Stand by that he may remain with you. How long? Forever. How long is the Holy Spirit going to live in you? Forever. Forever. And he's not just living on the inside of us, hitchhiking a ride through life. And that's why we need to pay attention to him. He is our strengthener, he is our advocate. He is our standby. Now notice with me in verse 17. The spirit of truth whom whom the world cannot receive, welcome or take to its heart because it does not see him or know him or recognize him. Don't get bent out of shape by sinners. Don't get bent out of shape By what sinners do. Sinners do what sinners do. Sinners drink. Sinners do drugs. Sinners fornicate. Sinners commit adultery. What good is it going to do us to get all upset about what sinners do? Jesus paid the price for their sin. And all you and I have to do then is to represent Christ in this world and be a blessing. You see, the world, they don't see him. They don't know him. 
and they don't recognize him. Last week is a, is a perfect example of it. You know, we were back in Minneapolis. Of course, many of you knew I grew up in, in Minneapolis. We call it Minnesota. Because Minnesota actually can snow in May. Last Friday, I believe, was, was it May 3rd? Yeah, May 3rd, last Friday. They had 16 to 18 inches of snow in southern Minnesota. We looked at the weather report out here, and it was like 80, 90 in San Jose. We looked at each other and said, man, I wish we were home. And uh, we're around a, a lot of people that, you know, that quite frankly just don't know the Lord. Okay? And uh, as, as people that don't know the Lord do, they do things like drink and swear and cuss. They have no recognition of the Lord. They have no recognition of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so we don't get bent out of shape. In those settings, we just let our light shine. We just let the love of God and the Spirit of God flow through us. It is not our responsibility to bring correction to sinners. It is not our responsibility to bring condemnation upon sinners. See, the condemnation factor has been done away with by the blood of Jesus. And no sinner, no sinner, no man, no woman, no boy or girl will go to hell because of what they've done. I know that's a big statement. But they will go to hell by whom they've rejected. Amen? So the message for Christians is a message of life. It's a message of light. It's a message of love. You know, people were, were joking around with me and, and uh, talking about, you know, at one point in, the, in a service we were back in there. And said, it seems like that Mark should have just stood up and received an offering. You know, Cal, where do they get that from? Sometimes they they equate, you know, preachers and ministers of the gospel with what they see on TV at three in the morning. I could have gotten offended and said, no, bless God, you know, we're we're walking in integrity. Now, I just laughed it off, you know, and just let the love of God flow through you and the light of the goodness of God minister to you. The world doesn't know him, but they can see him through you. Are your neighbors seeing Jesus through you? Are your co-workers seeing Jesus through you? Or are they seeing someone that's uptight and always talking about how bad the world is? And how bad the government is. That's not Jesus. Jesus is full of light. Jesus is full of life. And Jesus is full of love. And when you have him in your life, those things should be operating and flowing through you. That's the witness that is so awesome. So let's turn John 14, uh, 17 back. Somebody shout amen. Amen. John chapter 14, verse 17. The spirit of truth. Thank God he is the spirit of truth. Isn't it good to know the truth? The truth, finally. Whom the world cannot receive. 
welcome to its heart because it does not see him or know him or recognize him. But look at here. But you know him. You know him. And you recognize him. Now, why is that? For he lives with you constantly. And he not only will be in you, but he's already in us. Hallelujah. You know him. You recognize him because he lives in you. Now turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And let's look at the last couple verses of that chapter. 2 Corinthians the 13th chapter. And let's look at the last couple of verses in that epistle. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. I believe it is. I could be wrong. Uh, but notice with me, what verse is it, PT? Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Say, praise Him. Praise Glory, him. To God. Glory to God. Now, is that the last verse? Okay. Verse 3, okay. He says, the grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of who? The Lord Jesus Thank God for that. The grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the presence and fellowship, the communion, the sharing together and participation. That's an awesome definition of koinonia. Let's read that again. The fellowship, the communion, and the sharing together and the participation In the Holy Spirit, be with the pastor. Be with those that are behind the pulpit. Well, Benny Hinn wrote a book called Good Morning Holy Spirit. So this is his verse. Is Benny the only one that can say Good Morning Holy Spirit? Is the pastor, is the priest the only one that can say I have communion with him? No, thank God, this fellowship, this communion, this participation in the Holy Spirit is for all of us. Oh, glory to God. And so, the Holy Spirit is a real person. We don't ever want to call Him an it. You know, sometimes people make, you know, grammatical mistakes about that. We don't call them on it. Did you receive it? No, the proper grammatical term for him is, did you receive him? I got filled with him. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And so there is a communion that is available to you as much as counsel is available to you, as much as comfort is available to you, as much as strength is available to you by the Holy Spirit. There is a a fellowship with Him that is so awesome that it will change your life. Commune with Him. Now, I don't believe that we are to worship the Holy Spirit. I believe that we're to worship the Lord and worship the Father. But the Holy Ghost will help you worship the Father. And so... When you come into communion with Him and you come into 
fellowship with him. For example, when you're reading the word and you come to a place where you don't have understanding of the word that you're reading. Anybody ever been there? I think we all have been. Some of us today. Okay. And that's all right. It's okay not to have understanding, but understanding is available to you through the Holy Spirit. But in order to access that understanding, we got to learn how to commune with him. Now, if I'm going to commune with my wife and we commune a lot, one way that we commune with one another and fellowship is we share together. She shares her thoughts with me. I share my thoughts with her. Okay? And as a result, there's a a communion, there's a fellowship that takes place. Now, the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God. He knows the meaning of every scripture. He will put you right into certain scenes in the Bible as if you were right there. And he will unveil and he will unfold and he will begin to show you some things about the word that you've never seen before. Now, one way that you can tap into this communion is to be still. To be still. I think there's a scripture in the Old Testament in the book of Psalms. He says, be still and what? Okay, be still. But here's what I want you to see. And know. Be still and know. Is that Psalm 4610? Let's look at Psalm 4610. Psalms 4610. Say it with me. Help me, Lord, to commune with the Holy Spirit. Psalms 46, verse 10. Of course, this is the amplified version. It says, let be. I like that. Let be and be still. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's revelation right there. Let it be. Just, just, you know what? Turn the stupid television off. Let Aunt Sally be. Just let the problem be. Just let it be. Just shove it aside. Even the Beatles knew a song called Let It Be. I wonder where they got that from. Must have got it from the Bible. Well, let be, okay, and be still. In order for me, I don't know about you, but I know it's true in my life. In order for me to come to a place of stillness and communion with Him, I've got to let certain things be. And there's a, there's a lot of multitasking going on. You know, I, I just look at my office, for example, at home, and uh, I've got a computer, I've got an iPad. I've got an iPhone. And I've got an iPod. I'm from the I generation. And, and there are times where maybe I'm listening to something and then I drift off and I check emails. But the moment I start checking emails and multitasking and doing other things, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the things that I'd really like to accomplish aren't being accomplished because I'm being distracted. See, the scripture says, um, 
that the distractions of this age enter in, and what does it do? It, it chokes the word. So there's, there's got to be some discipline, the powers of discipline enforced in our lives if we're going to get to that point where we're still enough to hear enough. Well, I'm trying to hear God. I'm trying to get, hear God. Stop trying to hear God and let certain things be and then just come before Him and be still. Have you discovered that about the time you're attempting to be still, your mind will act up? Yeah. <laughs> your mind will act up? Or your body, like Brenda says, will get hungry? There is... There is presence available to all. There's presence available to all of us. There is a presence of the Holy Spirit and a communion of the Holy Spirit that can be tapped into if we'll be disciplined enough to let certain things be and wait long enough until our mind is quiet. And I think one of the things that really helps us to be quiet is to be able to pray in the Spirit. To kind of quiet your mind. But even beyond praying in the Spirit, there's a place in His presence beyond the press. Beyond the press. Paul said, I press toward the mark. And the mark for Paul was, my determined purpose is that I may know him. But Paul is saying, in order for me to really know him and the power of his resurrection, I've got to press through the pressure that's trying to keep me out of the presence. He said, I press toward the mark. The mark for him was intimacy. The mark, I believe, for all of us should be intimacy with Him and fellowship with Him. And I'm not preaching you to, to you from a place of having arrived. But this one thing I am doing, I continue to press toward the mark. Amen. Amen. And so, whatever you need to let be, whatever pressures are trying to keep you out of the presence, press through them. Press through them. Now let's look at Psalm 46 again. Verse 10. Let be. Everyone say it. Let be. Or you could say, let it be. Let it be. Let be. Let be. And be still. He didn't say be still and then you'll be able to let it be. No, he said let be and be still. And know, and know, God wants you and I to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit, communion with the Holy Spirit, to where we get to a point that the eyes of our understanding are being so flooded with light that we know some things. That we don't just have a head knowledge, but we have what the Greeks call epinosis, which is an exact, intimate knowledge of Him. Isn't that awesome? And so, let be and be still and know 
Are there some things that we need to know about our, about our lives? Are there some things that we need to know about our future? Absolutely. Well, the Bible says, when the Spirit of truth has come, He will show you things to come. But to get to a place where we see those things which are to come and know those things which are to come, there has to become an intimacy and a stillness with Him. So let be and be still and know and recognize and understand that I am God. I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Hallelujah. The communion, the intimacy, the fellowship, the partnership with the Holy Spirit be with you all. And may God's grace so fill our lives and the understanding of what this grace is all about be real to every one of us. Now, look over at 1 John now. 1 John. And I want to look at chapter 4. And let's look at verses 1 through 4. 1 John. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Everybody shout amen. Amen. Shout amen again. Amen. Try it like this. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Got to know you're still here. Some of you think so deeply, you get your eyes closed. Okay. All right. Hallelujah. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. He said, Beloved, believe not every spirit. You know that term, beloved, you could preach a week on that. That term, beloved, literally means you are loved of Him. You are, lo- you are so loved of Him. And so what he's saying to you, be loved. In other words, let him love you. Be loved. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone on into the world. Now, another uh, side of the personality of the Holy Spirit, as we said earlier, he's the spirit of truth. Well, if there's a spirit of truth, there's also a spirit of error. For every truth-giving scripture, Satan has a deceitful giving error. Okay? And so he says, don't believe every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are going out into the world. Not everyone that calls himself a prophet is a prophet. I think sometimes they're (laughs) non-prophets. Many false prophets. And you have to be Holy Spirit conscious and very aware of Him, but not only aware of Him, but aware of the Word to determine between the false and the real. Is that right? 
Now notice, because many false prophets are come. So you might want to hurry, hurry back to verse 1. Don't be in such a hurry up there. <laughs> Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. Now, there is a large emphasis in the body of Christ on prophecy right now. And there's a large emphasis on the gifts of the Spirit. And I think it's all good. But you have to be very keenly aware of the Word of God and the Spirit of God and what He's saying in you and to you in your own life. You don't just put yourself in a position to get a word from a prophet and looking for personal words from the Lord to direct you. We are not directed by prophets in the new covenant. We're directed by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say as many as are led by prophets and prophetesses, they are the sons of God. It does say as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And sometimes well-meaning people have prophesied, good people prophesied out of their head, not out of their heart. And have given direction to people. And because people are baby Christians, they take that as being from God. And when they step out in that direction, they find out that it wasn't. So it pays rich dividends to know the Spirit of God. Because He's the Spirit of truth. Okay? So believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone to the world. Verse 2, thank you. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Verse 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of what? The spirit of Antichrist. Do you know the spirit of Antichrist is in the world today? It's all over the place. Whereof you have heard that it should come. And even now ready... It is in the world. Okay, it's in the world, but big stinking deal. I'm not worried about the Antichrist. I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for the Christ. You missed a good place to shout right there. I'm not in a cave, hiding out, hunting down tribulation food. Beware of the Antichrist. No, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. The Christ is coming in clouds of glory. glory so it's in the world I'm not going to talk about how bad the government is I'm not going to do it I'm not going to sing woe is me somehow some way I know that it's all going to work out that ultimately it's at the end of the day it's going to go God's way It may not look like it's going to go God's way. But for those that are born of God and born of the Spirit who are going God's way, it will go His way. Verse 4 is what I want you to see. You ready? Shout. It says, it's in the world, but don't bother about it. Because why? You're of God. Because you're of God. Well, what company are you with? I'm with God. You're of God. Little children. And have, not trying to, but we've already overcome them. 
We've already come them. Them who? Them spirits of Antichrist. We've overcome those spirits of error. Because we got the spirit of truth. You're of God. You're of God. You're of the Word. You're of the Spirit of God. You're of God. I'm of God. Hallelujah. And have overcome them. Didn't say anything about us trying to overcome. We've already overcome. We've overcome them. And he tells you why. Because. Here's the reason why. Let's say this last phrase three times. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Two more times. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. One more time. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You see, he that's in the world's the devil. He that's in the world is sickness and disease. He that's in the world is a lack of wisdom and confusion. He that's in the world is poverty. He that's in the world is antichrist. But glory to God, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Everything you will ever need is already on the inside of you. Everything you'll ever need. Everything. And I mean everything. Everything you'll ever need. Your healing is on the inside of you. My healing is on the inside of me. Listen, we sing about there's a healer in the house. Well, there's a healer in this house. You're the house of God. You're the temple. Oh, shatalabasata. You see, the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you. And when he dwells in you, he will quicken, he will heal, he will bring to life your mortal body. Everything. Think about that this week. This is your homework. Think about this tomorrow morning. Everything I need for Thursday is on the inside of me. Wisdom. It's right there. Keys to prosperity are right here. Thank you, Lord. There's a river in you, man. I said, there's a river in you. There's a river. There's a river, which is an emblem of the Holy Spirit. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of direction for you how to prosper. Rivers that lead you to your wealthy place. Everything you need is on the inside of you. Pastor Mark, I don't know if I can forgive that person. Everything you need to forgive a person is right here. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which has been given unto us. Everything, everything I'll ever need is on the inside. So I don't have to look to you. You don't have to look to me. We can look to Him. We can look to His Word. And we can look to the greater one on the inside of us. Is that good enough for tonight? Let's all stand to our feet. Praise God.